Well, let's get ready to get into the word. Lift your Bible in the air, the iPhone, the iPad, whatever you're using today, and repeat after me. Say, Lord, this is my Bible. I believe the words in it. I can have what it says I can have. I believe that there's life in this word, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then just join me for a quick moment of prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for another opportunity, God, to teach your word. I thank you that I get to do this. And so now I move out of the way and I say that you're in charge. All of you, none of me, see through my eyes, hear through my ears. Let them see, hear, and say, no man except Jesus of Christ, speaking these words of life into their being. And when it's all said and done, promise to give you the glory the honor and the praise it is in jesus name that we pray amen amen step up, step up. up. oh wait no i wasn't doing that I... <laughs> y'all was ready though y'all was ready that's good that's good y'all was ready y'all want to do it y'all y'all ready all right step up step up, step up. what are we saying only exceptional. Amen. Amen. Pastor has been in an absolutely amazing teaching called Step Up, um, the, the Exceptional Life, right? Living the Exceptional Life. And today um, is the final lesson of that series, and it's entitled, It's Time to Step Up, right? So look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. it's time, time to step up. I'm sorry, it's time to step in, excuse me. So we've already stepped up, now it's time to step in. So now we got to do it again. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to step in. Amen. If y'all can't tell, I'm like super nervous, but we give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Kings 10th chapter. Verse 1 through 10, and I will meet you there. want to do a quick review just in case we got folks in the room who haven't had the chance to go back and catch the message. Or if you wasn't here on last Sunday, I want you to have an understanding of what exceptional means, right? And so Dr. V defined exceptional as unusual, not typical, uncommon, abnormal, unusually good, outstanding, special, excellent. First rate or first class, it's top notch, right? Second to none, it's unprecedented, unparalleled, rare, right? And then Holy Spirit gave him the definition that exceptional means living above the crowd. So I want you to touch yourself and I want you to say God's plan for me is to live an exceptional life. And I got scripture on it too. Mark 7th chapter, verses 37, 36 and 37, it says, And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much more, a great deal, they published it. They ain't listened to Jesus. And they were beyond measure, astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. In the New Living Translation, the operative part of that verse says, they were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. Yeah. And so God's plan for you 
is that everything you do in your life to be wonderful. Amen. Amen. So listen, as we read first Kings, I encourage you to really lean in. Right. As Pops would say, give me two, two both sets of your ears. Your natural ears, I want you to hear it, but I want you to also hear it in the spirit. Amen. Listen carefully and intently. Now, Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 says the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. Right. The latter shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I shall give you peace, saith the Lord God of hosts. We're about to read about the former house. Okay, and I want you to listen to what the queen noticed, what she saw and how she noticed and saw undoubtedly how it convinced her. Right. And we talking about Queen Sheba. Right. She is noted to be one that worshiped the sun, the moon, the stars. Right. All that celestial stuff. She was not a believer. Okay, and she's coming to witness the temple that Solomon has built. Right. Y'all ready to read with me? The Bible says, when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Verse 2, she arrived in Jerusalem Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Now, I want to pause right there because, you know, back they ain't had no trains and stuff like that. Wasn't no locomotive that she bought in. I went back and I did some research. The Bible says that she bought a whole fleet of ships. A fleet. You know how many ships in a fleet? A lot. It's like more than 10. Okay. And this is what she brought. Because she's coming in expectation. Right. Because she's already heard about it. But she wants to put her eyes on what she has heard so that she can believe. And it's amazing to me that she's coming not empty-handed, right? Verse 3, Solomon had answers for all of her questions. The Bible says nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. And I'm reading in the New Living Translation of the Bible. I don't know if I said that. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his table, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers, the burnt offering Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. Verse 6 says, she exclaimed to the king, everything I heard in my country about your accomplishments and your wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and I saw it. With my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. Now I want to pause right here and I want to go up to, go back up to verse 1. Right? Verse 1, when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, what? Which brought honor. To the name of the Lord. She came to test him with hard questions. And then now in verse 7, she said, I didn't believe it. 
until I got here and I saw it with my own eyes. And what I saw far exceeded my expectation. She talking about a man that's representing the kingdom of God, right? And what she says in verse 8 and 9 is just so good. She says, how happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. In verse 9, she says, praise the Lord your God who delights in you. Not you delighting in him. She said, who delights in you. You, the Lord delighting in you, has placed you on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king so you can rule with justice and with righteousness. She just preached to him about how God felt about him. You understand what I'm, do you understand what I'm saying? She just told him what thus said the Lord on his behalf. A woman that didn't even believe. Until she got to him and she saw. And then verse 10, we see where she sows the seed. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold. 9,000 pounds of gold. Can you imagine how big them ships had to be to carry 9,000 pounds of gold? Mighty God. Great quantities of spices and precious jewels. And then the Bible says that never again were so many spices brought in as though the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. They was able to season their food for years to come. (laughs) But all of this, all of this as a result of what she heard and what she saw. Right. She came in expectation to see excellence. But when she got there, she saw exceptional. Right. We, we've been teaching in, in this with the students. We've been talking about step up too. we've been talking about living this exceptional life. And I, I came up with a quote and I said, ex, ex, I said, exceptional is the intersection of excellence and intentionality. Right. It's the intersection. Of excellence and intentionality. Meaning we're not just going to do it because that's what we said we're going to do. We're going to be intentional in our doing it. Right? And Solomon had that thing laid out beautifully. Right? Real quick, I want to look at um, the message translation. It's verses 6 through 9. Same, uh, same text. She said to the king, it's all true. Your reputation for accomplishment and wisdom that reached all the way to my country is confirmed. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. They didn't exaggerate. Such wisdom and excellence far more than I could have ever imagined. Y'all, our lives is supposed to be awe-inspiring. People supposed to see the glory of the Lord in our lives and on us and be drawn to what we're doing. Right? That's what exceptional is. It's all about the draw. Amen? Hear this point. Exceptional is a level that a person sets as their benchmark for every area of their lives. It sets the standard for which you hold yourself accountable. 
right? I'm going to read it again. Exceptional is a level that a person sets as their benchmark for every area of their lives. It sets the standard for which you hold yourself accountable. What's a benchmark? Okay, that's good. It's a standard. It's a prototype. A benchmark is something that serves as a standard or point of reference against which things may be compared or assessed. It's a reference point. Right. So all of us ought to have some sort of benchmark for our lives. And that benchmark ought to come from the word of God. Miss Carlin was teaching down there with the students and I told her I was going to shout her out today. She said something one. I think it was what last Sunday, two Sundays ago that wrecked me. She said to the team, she said, excellence is not the goal. It's the standard. It's not the goal. It's the standard by which we live. Meaning we ain't striving for it. We walking in it. Right? Every area of our life, you should be able to see the same trace of excellence that you say that you live by your mouth. Turn with me to Titus chapter 2. We're going to read verses 7 and 8. And I'm going to read from the, uh, from the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, and show your own self in all respects to be a pattern and a model of good deeds and work. In all respects to be a pattern and a model of good deeds and works. Teaching what is unadulterated, showing gravity, having the strictest regard for truth and purity of motive. It's a heart issue, right? That's where it starts. With dignity and seriousness and let your instruction be sound and fit and wise and wholesome and vigorous and irrefutable above censure. So that the opponent may put to shame finding so that your opponent may be put to shame finding nothing discrediting or evil to say about us. You should live a life that's above reproach. Should nobody have to come and call you out about nothing because everything ought to be in line and it ought to be in decent and in order. Amen. Matthew 5, 13 and 16, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as, watch this, worthless. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. This exceptional lifestyle is not about us. Right? I told you, it's about the draw. It's for others to be able to see the will of God working in our life and on our behalf so that we can draw men and, men and women into the kingdom. That's what the Great Commission was about. He said, go ye therefore into all the nations, teaching them. Right? So that we could draw. It's all about building the kingdom. But once we make it about ourselves, once we make it about us, we take the glory. We don't give glory to God. Oh, God. And then, too, you know, we try to compartmentalize our life. We give God excellence over here, and you can have that, but I'm going to handle this over here. 
And it's this one area right over here that's throwing everything else off. Right? God wants you to live an exceptional life. Listen to this statement. You have to embrace. Oh, I love this. So, this is so good. You have to embrace exceptional as a discipline of life. And life matters. It's an inside transformation that moves out and manifests on the outside, making you, watch this, exceptional in these four places. Spiritual aptitude, productivity, value, and word response. So I want to break those down. Spiritual aptitude. Spiritual aptitude is your spiritual fitness, right? We have to learn how to live and lead lives outside of our emotions and understand that this is a spiritual work that we're doing. We can't be moved by our emotions, right? A lot of times we allow stuff to, to affect us and it throws us off, but if we would spend enough time in God's word and spend enough time around God's people, Spend enough time doing the things that God has called and asked us to do, we would that, that emotional side of us wouldn't affect us so much. Right? That's why it's important to make your way to the assembly week after week. I mean, yeah, it's cool. I ain't bashing nobody that's watching online, but that shouldn't be your only avenue because you need to be around like-minded individuals. Right? When God called you out, he called you out for a reason. But here's the thing, guys. We can't remain in those same groups. That's why our groups are important. It's so that we're able to do life together. And then once we built up our spiritual aptitude enough, we go back out. We go back out among them and we draw them to us. Right? I want you to see that the models are in place. We just got to use it. Right? We sitting down and we ain't serving. We ain't putting our hands to the work of God's ministry. And we walking around wondering why our lives are not exceptional. Because you ain't spending enough time with him in his word and around his people. Right? I, man, listen. Been in church my whole life, okay? Been in church my whole life. And it wasn't until I got to the right way that I saw the word working in the lives of people, right? I started, and, and just by being in the assembly, I started to see and experience the evidence in my own life. Started to see it. And so, yeah, I'm in the boat with you. I've been where you are. I know how you feel. You're questioning it. You're trying to figure out how or why or when or where. And I'm telling you, you just got to spend more time with him. In his word and with his people so that you can grow spiritually. We can't just get saved and then go back out in the world. They Because look, Sheba is coming. She's coming to see if you are what you say you are. She coming to see if it's on you. Watch this. Holy Spirit gave me this right here. If we go back to 1 Kings, everything that Solomon did, it brought Glory to the name of the Lord yeah. in every area, in his questionings, in what she saw in the temple. Watch this. And Holy Spirit gave it to me like this. He said, our lives should be a walking billboard. Yeah. That's right. Woo, your life ought to be a walking billboard of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want you to just like, just look at yourself. 
Are you a walking billboard? Do I look at you? Do people look at you and see kingdom? I know sometimes people, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Sometimes people might look at me and they might not see kingdom. Right? Because, like, I'm I'm so tied to this thing that everything that my name is on, it's got to be. It has to be. It has to represent and it has to glorify God. And my being in that area is that sometimes I'm too blunt. I'm too direct. Right? And so when sometimes when I encounter people, they hit hard. Right? Carly, no, we, we done been there before. Like, no, we're not doing that because, that, no, that's not worthy of God. That's not worthy of him putting his stamp of approval on it. And so what I have to do, I have to, I have to soften the blow. Right? And so I'm always, I'm always looking. I'm always looking in the Bible for principles of how... Jesus dealt with people, right? Because I know that that's a growth area for me. That's what I'm feeding my spiritual aptitude. You know what I'm saying? Because it's coming from that place, but sometimes it don't land just right. You understand? And so, so, so whatever your thing is, whatever your being is, you got to feed that area in the spirit. Because, see, I know the word. I got it on the inside of me, right? And then that whole not thinking that I'm worthy enough thing, we, we work through that. I understand, right? I know that I can walk in the boldness. I know that I hear God. I don't doubt that anymore. Now I'm working on something else. Your spiritual aptitude. You ought to be a walking billboard for the kingdom of God. Your productivity. Inside transformation. Your productivity. What does your work ethic look like? What are you doing for personal development? What does your health life look like? Right? This is the outer expression of who you are and how you carry yourself. Again, people ought to be able to see it. You shouldn't be the last person walking in the office. Let them people keep their supplies. See, this one, this one, this one going to sting just a little bit. This one going to sting just a little bit. You shouldn't be walking in when huddles start on Sunday morning. If we're going to be exceptional. You know what I'm saying? Like, pastors shouldn't have to ask you to lend a helping hand. We should be lined up because this is a kingdom work. It's a kingdom work. It's a kingdom work. You should be the first one volunteering at work to help out. I remember, t- t- again, right? Like, I know, I know what my thing is. And so we were doing this thing at work where everybody had to do a best practice, right? And y'all know I work in recruiting and admissions at South Alabama. That's what I do. That's my trade. And so I'm always in the area. I'm always thinking about how I can be better, you know, at interacting with people. And so this whole best practices thing, I was like, I don't really, man, I, this comes, it's second nature to me. I don't got no best practice. So I didn't know, I really, I really struggled. So I signed up for one of the last slots because I was like, Lord, I don't even know how to put it in words because I don't know that people will understand. Because, like, how do I explain to them that I bring my spiritual giftings into work? They're not going to be able to understand that. They can't eat that. And so 
prayed about it, and the Lord gave me five things. He said, Trey, these are the five things. These are, these are the five principles that you take in and that you explain. We talked about authenticity, and, and my, my best practice was, like, connecting with individuals, right? Because that's, that's, that's kind of what my, it's really sales. But I don't look at it like that. I try to meet people where they are, whatever the, you know, wh wherever you are, wherever you're trying to get to, that's where I want to get you to, right? And if it's south, then great. And if not, let's get you where you need to be. I really have a passion for that. I have a passion for purpose. And so I talked about authenticity. I talked about accountability, you know, following through. All of these things wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in excellence and exceptionalism. All of it. And, like, when I looked at it and when I did it, I was like, I don't think they're getting it. But after I put it out there, literally everybody, everybody came back and was like, Trey, oh, like, that was so inspiring. Because, you know, like, people came with this practical stuff like, oh, well, you know, I just, I look, look at what they're doing on social media and I try to, you know, make sure that I'm connecting with them that way. And, you know, I, I take my counselor's gifts and all this. I ain't got time for all that. <laughs> right? I'm tapped in the Holy Spirit and I'm, 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 I'm at his mercy. <laughs> I'm at his mercy when it comes to this thing because I want it to be done his way. Right? And so the whole of your life should look like that. It should be spilling over in every way. Number three, your value, your morals, your character, your integrity. This is the posture of your heart, right? Is your heart right? Does your heart say that you are worthy of being a billboard for Christ? Because, you know, we, we, we can dress up know-how. We can dress up know-how. We, 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 can, we can perform. We know how to do it. But at the end of the day, you got to make sure that your heart is postured correctly. Right? Because <laughs> it'll show up. It'll show up. What's in that going to show up? And then number four, your, your word response. God can't entrust you because you'd fall short in your commitment and your representation of him if you're not making the word applicable in your life, right? And if, you, if you're a member of the right way, I know we're getting it on a level where we can go back and make it applicable, but are you doing it? It ain't something that's just going to happen, right? It's some doing in this. We got to make sure that we are properly applying the word. Are you an exceptional representative? representation of what his word says the areas that you consistently dwell or speak well excuse me the areas that you consistently dwell in speak outwardly of inner dwelling so what are you looking for so I'm sorry so if you're looking for something to measure where you are as it pertains to common versus exceptional you got to look at your surroundings right you got to look around you Proverbs 4 20 and 20 through 23 says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The optimal verse here, guard your heart. Because above else, for it determines the course of your life. Out of your heart are going to flow the issues of life. And so you got to be exceptional inside first before you expect to see it show up on the outside. Does it make sense? Amen. Go with me to Luke 13, chapter, verses 6, verses 6 through 8. And I'm reading again in the New, in the New Living Translation. He spake also this parable 
A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig it about and dung it. The New Living Translation says, cut it down. Why is it taking up space? You got to deal with that stuff in your heart that's taking up space. Because watch this. God didn't consider it when he made you. When he set forth the exceptional life that he had for you, he didn't consider any of that stuff. Because watch this. Nothing in your life, no trauma, no hurt, no pain, no agony, no nothing can separate you from what God has on your life. You can allow it to affect you, but it doesn't hinder God's plan for your life, right? It does not hinder his plan for your life. And I say that, and I say it respectfully because I don't, I'm not trying to negate what you've been through. It's, yeah, your feelings are real. Not trying to negate it. But you cannot allow it to stop you from experiencing this life that God has for you because you're supposed to be a walking billboard. And he can't put it on you if what's on the inside is not where it needs to be. Amen. Amen. 16 minutes and I'm closing. Watch this. And we're going to close by answering this question. How do I step up? How do I step up? Remember, guys, exceptional is the benchmark. It's the standard or point of reference against which things may be compared or assessed. And so how do I step up? I'm going to give you all six of them, and then we're going to come back and we're going to look at them independently, okay? Number one, you have to resist mediocrity. Yeah, that, that one's good. Number two, do all things as unto the Lord. Number three, don't be a slothful or lazy person. Number four, realize that you are sowing and harvest is the result of the seed. That's a good one too. Number five, become purposeful in not leaving anything half done or unfinished. And then number six, step into the exceptional that is already on the inside of you. So going back up to number one, we resist mediocrity. And I got word on it, right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, And whatsoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him, twain. We see opportunities all throughout the Bible where people didn't just stop at meeting the mark. Right? I'm reminded of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Y'all know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken over, um, had, he was king of Babylon, and he had taken over Judah. And he told him, go get me some boys that's out there that, that's fit and well-trained in all the languages and, 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 and that know the word. Bring them back to me. And them boys, they came back, but they knew that they lived a life that was a step above even that. And so they said, hey, listen, they talked to the, they talked to the guys that was, you know, that was over them. And they was like, hey, listen, listen, we're going to outdo these boys. We can't eat this food because we serve a God, right? And God has a standard or he has a benchmark set for our lives. And so we can't eat this stuff that you're feeding them. 
And y'all, it was good stuff that they turned down too. They turned down the wine and the meat, and they said, just give us water and fruits and vegetables. And try us for 10 days, and if we don't outshine these boys, you can kill us if you want to. And you know what they did? They tried him. After 10 days, their altitude was much greater than those. And so they went from being out here in the courtyard with the boys to being in the king's court. Daniel worked his way up and he became one of the chief officers of the government. Right? I think about, I think about my boy David. Little shepherd boy. Out there, you know, he wasn't even supposed to be out there where they was fighting a battle at. But some kind of way he made his way out there and he heard somebody defying his God. And see what they didn't know about David, he had slayed lions and bears because he was the one keeping up daddy's sheep. But to all y'all out here and y'all letting this, fill, this uncircumcised Philistine talk about my God? Uh-uh, no. Not in my area. Take me to the king and let me holler at him. Right? He shows up to the king and he says, listen, your boy's out there letting that giant defy my God and I ain't having it. So I'm going to go and I'm going to slay him. And I imagine Saul probably laughed, right? He probably laughed like, what? Because the Bible says that David was a rooty boy, right? Meaning he was little. He was tiny. He was petite. He was probably like cute. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know how y'all say the little boys be dressed so cute. That was probably David. So he decided he would dress him up in his army. David like, no, nah, I can't do that. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it the way God has ordained me to do it. I felt God on that right there. It's somebody in the room. God has called you to do something, but you have to do it the way that he told you to do it. You can't be looking at other people and the way they are doing it because it's not going to manifest in your life the way that they are doing it. You have to get in God's face and do it his way. Even when it comes to ministering, I mean, you know, uh, Pastor V and Pastor John, Pastor Court, they're all wonderful examples, but I can't get up here and do it their way. I got to do it how God called me to do it. Right? I think about Joseph. Pharaoh had a dream and needed it to be told to him. And Joseph cleaned himself because he realized he was going before the king. And I can't go before him anyway. Because, see, I'm about to step in and I'm going to be representing my God. And so I got to be a billboard for the kingdom. And he walked in there and he became second in command of the entire kingdom of Egypt. Wasn't afraid. Didn't back down. You got to resist mediocrity. If it's below you, allow it to be below you. Right? If it's below you and everybody else is doing it, that means it's not for you. My grandma said it like this. She said, birds of a feather flock together. She said, Trey, if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas. And she told me that because she knew the people that I was hanging around were not on my level. She knew that I could not be associated with mediocrity because it was something on the inside of me that God would need to use for the upbuilding of his kingdom. She knew that there would be generations looking at me and gleaning from me from a distance. You got to resist it. You got to resist it. Sometimes resisting it, you got to take yourself out of the environment. You may have to disassociate with people. 
Because what's on them can't get on you and you expect to still live an exceptional lifestyle. Number two, you got to do all things unto God. <laughs> you got to do all things unto God. Colossians 3, 17 and 23, and whatsoever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks to him through, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Verse 23, work willingly at whatever you do and th as though you were working for the Lord. I got another one for you. Ah, uh, Roshiki Adabahande Kete. Proverbs, verse, Proverbs 16 says for us to roll our works upon him, commit and trust them wholly unto him, and he will cause your plans to be established and succeed. You got to do it unto the Lord, right? Somebody asked me at the Amaze conference, like, okay, Trey, how do you, like, how are you tapped in and you enjoying the conference still, but you, like, you, you, you on your post, you on security, because I take that thing serious, right? Somebody asked me that. I said, you, you, you want to know the first thing that I had to understand? It ain't about me. It's not about me. Right? This conference was not put on for me. But I was asked to be here to hold up a post. And I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. Guess what? Even if it hurts some people's feelings. I'm sorry, ma'am. You cannot sit there. Can, can you take my picture? Guess what I told him? Absolutely not. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> I ain't say it like that. I said, no, I can't take your picture. I'm on post right now. I'm waiting for the special guests to arrive. But it, as soon as they pull up, if you're still out here, which I know you're not going to be, I'll come and take your picture. Right? But I'm not going to be moved off my post because I understand that I'm doing a God work. To you, it may look like I'm just standing around in the parking lot sweating, but I understand that I'm doing a work unto the Lord. And so I can't let my feelings and my emotions and y'all wanting to take y'all cute pictures get me off. Because it's a God's work. Number three. Don't be a slothful or lazy person. Ecclesiastes 10th chapter verse 18, laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. Proverbs 24th chapter verse 30 through 34. One day I walked by a field of old lazy bones and then pressed the vineyard of a slob. They were overgrown with weeds, thick with thistles. All the fences broken down. That sounds like mediocrity. It sounds like lazy. I took a long I took a long look and I pondered what I saw. The fields preached me a sermon and I listened. Said nap here, nap there, a day off here, a day off there, sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this, you can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent guest house. Can't be lazy. Can't be lazy and think you're going to live an exceptional life. Can I talk about me? Didn't want to do this today. Tied. I'm talking about dog tied. You know, this is peak season for, for recruitment. And I've been going and going and going and going and going since August 1st. I ain't even done laundry yet. Understand? And then amazed, right? Got to be here for that. And then you want me to preach on Sunday? Me? Ain't want to do it. But guess what? I'm here. I'm here. Because I understand 
that the work of the kingdom has to be done. And if I say I want to be his representative, I got to show up sometimes when I don't feel like it. And I'm okay with that because I know that as long as I show up, Holy Spirit is going to fill the vessel and he's going to do the work. And watch this. He's going to make provision on my behalf to make it worth my while. But I can't do that being lazy. You understand what I'm saying? I can't do that being lazy. So, yeah, I might have to get here at 6 o'clock in the morning and move some stuff around. I'm cool with that because I understand that this is a God's. It's all connected, right? And if we say we're going to step up, we got to push past how we feel physically sometimes. And be willing to make the sacrifice. Amen. Is it good? It's good. Number four, realize that you are sowing and harvest is a result of the seed. Proverbs 10th chapter, verse 14. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Right. Galatians 6 chapter verse 8 and 9. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Keep making it about you. Keep, keep making it about you. Your harvest is going to be just what it is. And let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, I realize I'm sowing seed. <laughs> Woo! And I ain't just sowing an orange. I'm sowing, I'm sowing a vineyard. I'm believing that grapes is just going to multiply. Right? One seed from a grape can grow a whole vineyard. Y'all will catch that one later. Number five, become purposeful in leaving and not leaving anything half done or unfinished. Ain't going to do it. Ain't going to do it. Not nothing tied to Trey's name. Absolutely not. We ain't going to do it. I just can't. I can't because my name is on that. And I represent the kingdom. And so it's got to be finished. If I have to stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning to finish it, it's going to get done because that's the will of the Lord. And because he has given me the work to do. Luke, 6, Luke 14, chapter verses 28 to 30. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might completely, you may complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone would laugh at you. When they say there's a person who started that building and could not afford to finish it. We don't want people to look at us as kingdom citizens and think we ain't got it all together. Think that we can't, you know, afford to finish the work that we've started. That's not the will of God. That's not bringing God glory. And so we got to make sure that our lives are intact, right? And then number six, and we've been talking about, if y'all forgot, how do we step up? Number one, we said resist mediocrity. Number two, we said do all things unto the Lord. Number three, don't be a slothful or lazy person. Number four, realize that you are sowing and harvest is the result of the seed. Number five, become purposeful in not leaving anything half done or unfinished. And then number six. And see, number six is where I'm going to lose some of us because some of us don't properly know who we are. And so when I say step into the exceptional that's already inside of you, you're like, what you mean? 
I didn't come from an exceptional family. Right? I didn't come, I didn't, I, that, 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 that's not a part of my makeup. That's not a part of who I am. Right? What's connected to me is broken families. Right? That's what I come out of. I've never seen a successful marriage. Never seen it work. Right? My dad wasn't in my life. I don't know who my mama is. But it's on the inside of you. Right? It's in you. It's in you. First John chapter 4, verse 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives, what? In you is greater than the spirit that dwells in the world. See, there's greatness on the inside of you. There's exceptional on the inside of you. But are you going to push past the flesh so that you can tap into it? I got another one for you. Philippians 1 verse 6. And I am certain that God who began the good work. See, <laughs> see, it didn't begin with your mom and your daddy. You thought that's where it started. That's not where the good work began. The good work began in you when God, pre he predestined your life. Right? And, and, and you have to understand that he will continue his work. Until it is finally finished. He ain't going to leave it half done. On the day when Christ Jesus remains. Tap yourself and say exceptional is in me. I got another one for you. Philippians 2nd chapter verse 13. For God is working where? Oh it ain't up there yet is it? I'll tell you. God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Exceptional is in you right hebrews 13 chapter verse 20 and 21 and then we gone now may the god of peace who brought up the dead our lord jesus the great shepherd of sheep and ratified an internal covenant with his blood may he equip you with all you need for doing his will may he produce y'all missed it Y'all missed it. That was going to be good. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Now, I can't tell you how to do it without giving you a result. Right? Would you agree? So the result is simple. The result is simple. It's simple. We're going to go back to where we started. We're going to go back to 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 6 and 9, verse 6 through 9 in the Amplified Bible. No, I'm sorry, in the message translation. She said to the king, it's all true. Your reputation for accomplishment and wisdom that reached all the way to my country is confirmed. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. They didn't exaggerate. Such wisdom and excellence for far more than I could ever have imagined. Lucky the men and women who work for you getting to be around you every day and hear your wise words firsthand watch this and blessed be God your God who took such a liking to you God gonna take a liking to you he gonna take a liking to you and he gonna make you king over an area clearly God's love for Israel is behind you the love of God is gonna back you and Romans chapter 8 says that nothing can separate you from the love of God neither life nor death right nor spirit nor principality Powers above, powers below, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Making you king to keep a just order and nurture a God-pleasing people. Can I bring it through the New Testament? 
John 4th chapter, verse 39. We're going to start at verse 39. I'm going to read 39 to 42, and then we're going to jump down to 48 and 53, and that's my time, Jesus. The result, I'm going to paraphrase it. John 4, 39 to 42, the res- this is, we see this happening with Jesus. Uh, with, we see this happening with Jesus after he met the woman uh, at, at the well, right? Y'all remember the woman of Samaria? He, he told her to go and tell nobody, but she went and she told the whole city, and the whole city got saved. They went to Jesus and begged him to stay in their village. Because of what they had heard him do. Because of what they had witnessed him do in the life of this woman. Because all of them knew that them husbands that she had wasn't hers. And if God can, if this man can save her, we just need you to just dwell in our vicinity. And then they said in verse 40, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because what we have heard of him of ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. And then John 4, 48 to 53, Jesus heals the government official's son. He comes to him and he says, Lord, come on with me. Come with me. I need you to come and heal my son. And watch what Jesus said. Jesus said, will you never believe in me unless you see miracles, signs and wonders? And the man's still like, Jesus, listen, that's good word. I know you teach good word, but I need you to come and I need you to heal my son. He said, go home. He said, for your son is healed. And I I just imagine he on his way home confused because he thought he needed him to be there. But the Bible says that, 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 that his servants met him on his way home. And they said, Master, come on, you got to come home. Your son is healed. And he said, he healed well, when did he get healed? And the Bible says that the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him your son will live. And he and, and his entire household believed in Jesus. Listen, this exceptional life is good on this side. You understand? It's good on this side. What they say about him is real. Right? What they say about him is true. And I need you to understand that you can be that walking billboard for Christ. You just got to surrender. You just got to give it over to him. Because see, the stuff that we battling with, we can't handle it on our own. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers of evil darkness, right? And so we have to fight it in the spirit. But yeah, you can have the life that God has laid up for you. And watch, listen, because I, I, I hear this real strong. Right way, the people are coming. And they come in looking for something. They come in looking for evidence. Because I'm going to tell you, it's on this ministry. It's on Dr. V. It's on Pastor M. We are going to be a beacon to the city of Mobile. And it is God's will that you go with us. But he's not going to make you do it. You got to make the choice. And when you make the choice, you got to be bold enough to step up and do the work. Because the exceptional life, it is the will of God for you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.